This program is brought to you by the Living Church Boise. Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. The title for this morning's message is I Tried So Hard. And um, I, I really try to um, find different ways of being able to, to make this message come alive. Uh, and, and I thought, you know, the best way to make this message come alive is to keep it as simple as possible. And I'm going to try, and I know I'm going to fail, so forgive me. But at least the title will be simple. I tried so hard. And maybe you're in a place in life right now where you're sitting, and you could look at seasons that you've gone through, and you say, I've tried so hard. I've tried so hard. I've tried so hard in my marriage. I've tried so hard with my children. I've tried so hard with my boss. I've tried so hard with my business. And you can blame COVID. You can blame the government. You can blame your neighbors. You can blame your upbringing. You can blame your parents. But you could be in a place right now where you say, I tried so hard. Anybody there right now? I tried so hard. Two people. Amen. I'm going to preach just for you two guys. Three guys. Okay. rest of you guys, God bless you. I'll see you next week. All right. No, I'm kidding. The first year of youth ministry was uh, really, really, really hard for me. Uh, I got into youth ministry and, you know, I was very new to the country and so I'm trying to understand culture and stuff like that. And it was crazy, man, because the first, um, the first week, okay, after youth group, half the kids leave. And, and I'm like, the youth group to begin with was really small. It was like maybe 12 kids and so half of them leave. I'm left with six kids, you know, or maybe even five. And Adelaide was one of them, which is like, thank you, Lord, you know. And uh, it was really hard. And then the, the, the leadership team that I had, some of the key leaders that I had, they had to step down too because of life commitments or just our visions didn't coincide. And a year into youth ministry, this was my cry. I tried so hard. You come to times in life where you feel like, I put in so much effort and I have nothing to show for it. Maybe you're not in a place of saying, I tried so hard. Maybe, maybe this is where you are. I, I put a lot of effort into this. I put a lot of vision, a lot of passion, a lot of money, a lot of time. And Joel, three years later, four years later, I have nothing to show for it. I've made so many sacrifices raising my children and my son is now in prison. I have nothing to show for it. I, I, I've tried so hard to get involved in ministry and to do kingdom work and I have nothing to show for it. I tried so hard. You know, the beauty of the gospel is this. That when we go through these realities in life, the gospel comes alive even in those times. In fact, in those times is when the gospel shines the brightest. Solomon, um, what he's going to share with us in Ecclesiastes, it's going to humble us with practical lessons for times when you try so hard and you're on the verge of giving up. There's one verse that I want you to memorize this morning, okay? We're going to memorize it together. It's going to be great. So humor me and participate, all right? Amen? Amen. Okay, good. Thank you. Therefore, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, do you see the love over there? Therefore, my beloved church, my beloved living church, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast. That is, be faithful, be committed, be dutiful, be unwavering. Be steadfast. So can you please say steadfast? Steadfast. steadfast. Be steadfast. Be not unshakable. Be steadfast. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and then immovable. Ooh, what a word. Immovable, right? That is secure, rooted, anchored. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, be immovable. Someone say immovable. 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 Say it fast three times and you have a tongue twister, right? Be immovable and always abounding. That is thrive and flourish. Always abounding. Not on Sundays abounding, not on Mondays, not on Wednesdays, but when? Always abounding. Someone say abounding. Abounding. Good. You can get a little louder next time, okay? But I'll give you five out of ten for that. And abounding what? In the work of the Lord. Why? Knowing that in the Lord... Your labor is not in vain. It's not useless. I tried so hard. 
I've invested years, I've invested money, I've invested emotions, I've invested my life into this. I've tried so hard. I have nothing to show. Take heart, my beloved brothers and sisters in Christ. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Don't your neighbor and say, it wasn't in vain. It wasn't in vain. I know you tried so hard. And what Solomon's going to tell us now is, hey, listen, listen, listen. Life is fantastic, even when times are hard. I get goosebumps thinking about it because some of you guys, you need this encouragement this morning. As I've been preparing for this, um, this message, God has been showing me how perfect some of your lives are right now for this word. It's just the perfect soil. And this is the perfect seed that God's word is going to bear fruit in. This is the first thing Solomon's going to say. And I'm going to introduce this point, then I'm going to pray for us, okay? He's going to use the analogy of agriculture. And he's going to compare our days of labor and he's going to ask the question of how do I navigate times in my life when I feel like I've tried so hard. Number one, he's going to say life is an adventure with great expeditions in faith. Life is an adventure. That is something that you're going to hear Oprah Winfrey say. Life is an adventure. You get a car, you get a car, you get a car. It's not about cars. It's not about travel. It's not about mountains and hiking. Life is an adventure with great expeditions in faith. Let's pray. Father, my King, Oh, you are the God of glory. Who can stand beside you, O oh Lord? God, mountains bow down and seas will roar at the sound of your name. And you are the one who's created each and every person over here. Not one person is over here by accident. No, you, my king, have brought us over here. And in these areas in our life, when we feel like we've spent all our resources, and the day is almost done, and we have nothing to show, would you now, my King, give us joy and encouragement and passion and vigor once again to live for you, to serve you, to stand steadfast, to be steady, knowing that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. As we dive into our own lives of this great adventure and great expeditions in faith, restore to us the joy of our salvation and bring once again the zeal and passion that you put in us that we would run and not grow weary. God, I pray for the people sitting at home and their sick beds. Even them, O oh Lord, we know that you are mightier than our sickness. You're mightier than our shortcomings. You're mightier than our sin. You're mightier than our shame. And I pray that even those at home will feel and, and restore and, and, and will, will respond to this, this calling that you have placed for us in our lives. And for each and every person sitting over here, let not one person leave these doors the same as they came. In Jesus' name, amen. Like George said, we did a wedding last Sunday night and if you're married over here when you walked down that aisle you need to know that it was a great expedition in faith you had no idea what the future was going to hold for you you did not know how long you were going to be married how many children you were going to have in fact when you brought your first kid back home it was one of those great you know expeditions of faith because you did not know what this child was going to turn out to be like and you just acted out in faith some of you guys moved here from California don't say amen okay <laughs> You had no idea. I was talking to one person, didn't even have a job. They're like, all we, gotta know, all, we gotta, all we know we have to do is we got to leave California, come to Idaho. You had no idea what this future was going to hold. Life is an adventure with great expeditions in faith. Solomon is going to say some crazy things in this. We're only going to be looking at six verses, so hopefully we'll finish quickly. Um, and it's very confusing. This is the first thing he's going to say. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. What does this have to do with, I tried so hard, what does this have to do with life as an adventure with great expeditions and faith? First of all, why cast your bread upon waters? Wouldn't it get soggy? 
what kind of bread should you cast? Sourdough? Maybe it'll taste better after it's soaked in water. I mean, one of the things I was thinking of, I remember getting yelled at once because I was feeding the ducks bread, and I got yelled at. They're like, that's bad for the ducks. Don't throw the bread. What if the ducks eat it? Come on, God, what do you want me to do? Anyways, I'm just joking with you, okay? Cast your bread upon waters. Um, this is, you know, you hear this phrase a lot, like cast your bread on the water, bread on the waters, um, as a, a phrase of being charitable. You know, of like, hey, give, and it'll be given to you. And, and if that's the way you're interpreting this verse, you're not entirely wrong, because Jesus himself, he says in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, give, and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. Is Jesus lying? No. Wow. Okay. You sure? Okay. Red letter words. He's not lying. He's not a liar. That's true. And, and there's an ancient proverb that says, do a good deed and throw it in the river. When it dries up, you will find it. So if you're looking at that verse as just a charitable deed, uh, it, it is true. It's nice. It's good. Yeah, do your good deeds and God will bless you for that. You know, give it will be given back to you. But this is more than just doing good deeds. Uh, a guy named Charles Bridges was a theologian in the early 1800s. Uh, he, he, he talks about how this is like how they would um, sow in the River Nile. So as the water is going down, he says they will cast the seeds on the water. It seems very foolish to throw your seeds on the water, but as the water goes down, the seeds have been soaking in it, it loses its outer shell, and the soil is nice and fertile, and they have a bountiful harvest. Um, and so Solomon is saying, not just about throwing your good deeds, he says, don't throw seeds, he's saying throw bread. And that's why I got stuck. I was like, wait a minute, man. If, if Charles Bridges, the preacher from 1800s, is talking about sowing seeds, we could then say, well, Jesus is saying, the Bible is saying, do your good deeds, and then your good deeds will come back to you. But this is why I think it's important. He's not saying throw your seeds, he's saying throw bread. And I had to dive into this a little deeper. You see, for the Hebrew, bread, this is a very symbolic passage, okay? There's a lot of symbolisms in this. Bread, for the Hebrews, represented life. Right in the book of Genesis, you see this, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, by the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, that's if you're dead, till you die, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. What God is saying right from the beginning is, as long as you're alive, you need to work for bread. And having bread was a symbol of life. If you remember Jesus, he fasted for 40 days. And then Satan comes and says, turn the stones to what? To bread. And what did Jesus reply? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out from the mouth of God. And Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy over here when he's you know, battling Satan. And he says in Deuteronomy 8 verse 3, he walked even the Israelites through hunger. Uh, let me read this. Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. What did Jesus say when he came in and he was talking to his disciples? He says, I am the bread of life. Bread was a representation, a symbol of life. So Solomon over here, he's saying, he's saying, cast your life on the waters. He's not saying so good deeds. He's not saying do good things. And good things will come back to you. He says, throw your life on the waters. So the second obvious question is, thank you. Who said that? Thank you so much. What in the world is water, Solomon? Fine. So if bread is life, throw your life, like him. What is water? So water, again, is a symbol over here, a symbol for many and plenty and a lot of people. Uh, we'll give you one verse for this. Revelation 17, verse 15. It says, then the angel said to me, the waters you saw where the, where the prostitute sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and language. So you could read that first verse as cast your life on as many people as possible. I tried so hard. I tried so hard. 
invested time, emotions, money, energy, opened my home, had small groups, had Bible study, nothing to show. Solomon says, life is a great adventure with great expeditions in faith. Cast your life on as many people as possible, as many things as you can. And what does the verse continue? It says, and you will find it. Now, this is a very hard to read phrase if you read it in different translations. Some people have a question mark over here. Some people say, you might find it, you may find it. But over here in the ESV, it says, you will find it. The point is, he says, you cast your life on as many people as you can and expect God to move. Expect God to move. Uh, we're going to be looking at William Carey in just a little bit. I want to share. And he was the one that says, attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. And what does the verse continue to say? It says, cast your bread upon the waters and you will find it when? After many days. Listen to me. You might be in a place of saying, I tried so hard. You'll find it after many days. A life of adventure requires patience. It doesn't happen overnight. Let me tell you a little bit more about youth ministry. So the first year was really hard. I was left with one youth leader. Okay, in the end of the middle of the first year, I was left with one youth leader, and she, was only, she only stuck around because she just joined the youth ministry team, and it was just my wife and I and this one other leader. And um, it was really, you know, I was like, Lord, what do we do? I'm, I'm failing at this. And it was in a time where I decided that I'm just going to go like a madman and see as many people I can invest into. So there were so many young adults in the church, and we started roping them in and started pouring, inviting them over to our house and having dinner with them and started pouring into them. And at that point, I did not know what the outcome was going to be. At that time, I did not know what the youth ministry was going to grow like, what the leadership team was going to grow like, but the life that God's called us to live is an adventure with great expeditions in faith. You might not see the outcome right away. I mean, for me now, it's been 10 years later, and I'm starting to see fruit of the investments that we made into people's lives. Cast your life on as many people as you can, and you will find it. Live with an eager expectation and live with patience. What do you do when you've tried so hard and have nothing to show? Continue to live an adventurous life with great expeditions in faith. But look at the first word in this verse. I'm sorry I'm breaking this, word, this verse down like crazy because it's beautiful. The very first word in this verse is what? Cast. Shalak. That's the Hebrew word. Shalak. It speaks of like a ship, a merchant ship going off on a journey. It speaks of adventure. That's why I call it an adventure. Listen, you, individually, you're like a merchant ship that God's put you on this earth to enter into an adventure. And He has plans for you and sure you will come through storms, sure you'll come through hard times and pirates and all that beautiful things like you see in the movies. But God wants you to live this life of adventure, of casting shalak, throwing yourself out over there. Join us this Sunday at the Living Church Boise. Service and address can be found on our website, www.thelivingchurchboise.com. Visit our website for service time and address.